Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. Welcome to the Corlin Economics Report, a weekly look at financial and political topics relating to asset-based investing. Guests on this program pay no fees to appear, and guests and hosts disclose any equity interest in companies profiled. Now, the Corlin Economics Report. Hey, everyone. Welcome in to the weekend edition of the KE Report. Corey and Chad here, your host for the weekend edition, also your host throughout the week on our website, kereport.com, and podcast, The KE Report. It's going to be a busy weekend for us as there are a couple resource conferences in Vancouver that Chad and I are both attending, so posting on Monday will definitely be a bit lighter, but that is because we are taking time to meet with a lot of resource companies, a lot of juniors that are coming into Vancouver. We'll keep you all up to date on the meetings we have, and please keep in touch with us in terms of companies that you think we should be swinging by their booth or setting up extra meetings with. We will for sure do that and follow up with all of you. To kick off this show, happy to report we have Rick Rule back on the show, founder of Rule Investment Media. Now, Rick, we're going to go around the horn here, a number of different commodities we're going to talk about, and I really want to start with the one topic that is first and foremost on a lot of precious metals investors' minds, that is how you are seeing the value or market cap of gold stocks, gold equities, to the underlying gold price. It's been years that we've had many uh, gold commentators say, we haven't seen stocks this cheap compared to where the gold price is. Unfortunately, it seems like this disconnect is growing almost. Rick, how do you view value of gold stocks to where the gold price is? Well, arithmetically, if you don't believe that the gold and silver price is going to fall, Arithmetically, it's arguable that the market capitalizations of gold and silver companies relative to the underlying commodity price is the cheapest that it's been in 50 years. Commentators say that that has to do with the market's anticipation of a decline in inflation uh, and uh, the fact that gold, from their point of view, is no longer necessary. Uh, They will suggest that the price of gold equities suggests that the price of gold will decline. My own suspicion is that they're wrong uh, and that gold and silver equities prices are, in fact, cheap. And I would like, if it's permissible, uh, Corey and Chad, to defend that thesis briefly. By all means, please. In the first instance, inflation, as measured by the uh, uh, CPI, the Consumer Price Index, I think is a misnomer. The CPI is, by anybody's estimation, a constructed index for at least three reasons. The first is that it's hedonistically adjusted, which is to say it doesn't take into account the cost of living, but rather adjusts the so-called cost of living by bureaucrats figuring what the true value of your apartment or home is uh, and what the utility that they can attribute to your computer is, which is to say it doesn't measure the real cost of the goods and service, but rather the imputed value delivered. It's a manufactured index. The second thing is when it's inconvenient, it doesn't measure food or fuel. I guess that's okay for people who don't drive, fly, or eat. Uh, 
But for most people, a CPI that purports to be a cost of living index that doesn't measure food or fuel is irrelevant. But the biggest problem that I see with the CPI as a measure of the deterioration of purchasing power, which is the other way of saying inflation, is that it doesn't include the impact of tax. For almost all of your listeners, gentlemen, tax constitutes their largest cost of living expense, larger than housing, larger than energy, larger than transportation, and larger than food combined. And the idea that the CPI uh, is construed as a cost of living index when it doesn't include the largest uh, cost component, and by the way, the fastest increasing cost component of any of the components, suggests that the CPI is in fact a lie. When I back-tested my own expenditures, uh, admittedly, crudely, over the last five years, what I learned to my chagrin was that the basket of goods and services that I personally consume is increasing at price at about 7% compounded, which is a different way of saying that the present value of my savings and the present value of my income is deteriorating in terms of consistent purchasing power by about 7% compounded. What that means is that if you are planning your future lifestyle and you are using the CPI number at 2.7, uh, you are understand you are understating the impact of inflation on your personal budget by in excess of four percent a year. I watched exactly the same circumstance occur early in my career in the early part of the decade of the seventies. The outlook for inflation was crystal clear to anybody who cared to look. But people were lulled into a sense of security by the beneficent economic climate that we enjoyed in the 50s and 60s. And I would suggest to you, gentlemen, that people's expectation of inflation in the future has been not tempered, but rather stilted by the fact that we've gone through probably 40 years of the most benign economic climate in human history. And I think that when the reality of a deterioration of purchasing power at 7% comes into a conflict with the expectation set by a 2.6 or 2.7 CPI number, that the realization of the importance of hedging accounts to inflation will become very, very, very apparent to people. My suspicion is that the circumstance that we have seen in 2023 mirrors the market circumstance that we saw in 1975. In 1975, an increase in nominal interest rates clobbered the gold price and clobbered the gold stocks, despite the fact that we were in a 10-year-long bull market. In 1975, late in 1975, when the Fed lost its nerve and lowered interest rates, then gold and silver and gold and silver stocks were, in fact, off to the races. I'm not suggesting that in 2024, gold and silver stocks will be off to the races. I am merely suggesting that inflation is likely more persistent and higher than people believe. And as the narrative changes from inflation has been tempered, to inflation will be with us for a substantial period of time, particularly if that's accompanied by lower interest rates. I think that you will see gold and silver and gold and silver stocks do very well. One other fact is that the market share of precious metals and precious metals related investors investments is the lowest that it has been in my 
lifetime. It is estimated by J.P. Morgan Chase, no friend of gold and silver, that the market share of precious metals related investments in the U.S. savings and investment market is about one half of one percent, which is to say one half of one percent of all the savings and investment assets in the United States are denominated in gold and silver. This is down from a four decade mean uh, of two percent. If gold and silver were to return to their four decade mean, which is what I think will happen, then demand for precious metals related assets, both bullion and stocks, will quadruple. And I think that that will occur within the five year time frame. So I personally am attracted to gold and silver stocks. Does that mean that your listeners should cash in all of their investments and go out and buy penny dreadfuls with the money? Of course not. The truth is that these are some of the most volatile asset classes known to humankind. And a fairly small investment in gold and silver in the type of market that we saw in the 1970s will shield a portfolio from all kinds of sin elsewhere. Don't overinvest in a theme, no matter what the theme is. But my suspicion is that gold and silver are out of favor because people are backward looking, not forward looking, but not backward looking enough that they take into account history that happened in the 1970s, rather backward looking enough that they only take into account what happened in 2021, 22 and 23. Well, Rick, thank you for that, because it wraps up the first segment of this weekend show. We're having you back on next segment. Everyone stick around. We're going to be right back. Al Corlin's firm, A.B. Corlin and Associates Incorporated, provides consulting services to public companies on matters of regulatory compliance. To find out more, follow the link from www.kereport.com. The Corlin Economics Report will be back after this brief timeout. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I helped thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. danpilla.com. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who help people that have been injured or wronged. If you've been involved in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident or injured at work, you have rights and you may be entitled to money for your suffering. Don't accept an offer you get from an insurance company until you talk to a lawyer. And we represent some of the best personal injury lawyers you can find. Tough lawyers that will fight to win your case. And they're so good they stake their reputation on it by only getting paid if you win. So if you've been in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident, or hurt on the job, find out today for free what kind of compensation you may be entitled to. Call the legal helpline right now. 800-524-3810-800-524-3810-800-524-3810-800-524-3810. That's 800-524-3810. Who listens to radio at night? EMTs, truck drivers, law enforcement, and many other hardworking people just like you, buying products and services from companies just like yours. 
Many companies owe their success to radio. It's the engaging medium. Call 877-996-4327 or email advertise at GCNlive.com. That's advertise at GCNlive.com. Are you still looking for that one iodine that you can really trust? A medical doctor-endorsed product that is backed by honest research and true integrative science. Then search no further. Go to NutraMedical.com for Dr. Bill Deagle's Nutriodine, proven time and time again to be the very best iodine available for you. Nutriodine is the only Tesla-activated monatomic plasma iodine in the world. It optimizes mitochondrial function and generation of new mitochondria from totally neutralized the venom from a desert recluse spider bite in Southern California to eliminating malaria parasites reported by medical missionaries in Central India. Dr. Bill's Nutriodine is simply the most powerful healing formula there is. Nutriodine clears the body of all known pathogens, restores it to an alkaline state, and even promotes stem cell regeneration. Order Dr. Bill's Nutriodine today at 888 212 or visit us online at Nutramedical.com. Have you heard the warning from the dead doctors don't lie guy? I'm talking about Dr. Joel Wallach. He says if you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol or high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, or other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. That's what he says. He has a free lecture revealing what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in this free lecture called Deadly Recipe. You want it free? Call them toll-free at 855-79-YOUNG. You ready? 855-79-YOUNG. Dr. Joel Wallach, the dead doctors don't lie guy says there's no reason why we shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. Your weekly fix on finance and investing. This is the Corlin Economics Report. All right, welcome back. We are continuing to chat with Rick Rule. Now, Rick, let's get into some of the stocks. More so, what stands out to you in terms of quality names? Please share with us any companies or even more so characteristics of stocks that you think are simply the cream of the crop in the gold space. Well, I think Franco, Nevada is unusually cheap today. The problems around Cobre, Panama, which constitute 15% of the net present value of Franco, Nevada, has caused the stock to fall by 40%, uh, which is to say the succession of production at a, comp- at a deposit which accounted for 15% of the net present value of the issuer has caused the issuer price to decline by 40%. This is the highest quality gold company in the world. And by the way, I don't think that the final chapter in the uh, Cobre Panama story has been written. I think that there will be a recovery either via international arbitration or much more likely a political accommodation between First Quantum and the nation of Panama. So I would suggest to you that the highest quality gold company in the world is anomalously underpriced as a consequence of an overreaction to the occurrence of risk. Uh, in second place, I probably would put Wheaton Precious. Uh, 
a streaming company where the cost component of what they do is already baked in the cake, where you don't take operational risk, but you merely participate in the upside inherent in very large projects geologically and also in precious metals prices. Moving down the quality trail a little bit, if you are willing to take a bit more operational risk, I think you need to look at a name like Barrick. Barrick will likely sell off if they are successful at taking over First Quantum because investors would rather see the money that they would spend to develop Recodic uh, and Cobre Panama return to shareholders by way of buybacks or dividends. But the truth is that both of these activities, while, have, while holding political risk, are extraordinarily accretive to the company in the five, six, and seven-year bases. Agnico Eagle, it appears to me, simply goes from strength to strength. And I think that that's certainly a name that would be attractive from a beta viewpoint. And the recent acquisition uh, by Newmont of Newcrest is one that hasn't been treated well by the market. But I think the rationalization of the combined companies, the ability of the company to sell off tier, tier projects, tier two projects, pardon me, to strengthen the balance sheet and allow management's time and attention to be focused on the biggest and best assets in their portfolio is one that over the four or five year time frame will treat shareholders extremely, extremely well. Those are a smattering of names. If you want to take a bit more risk, I think the recent sell-off in Endeavor Mining as a consequence of the termination of that company's CEO for alleged financial improprieties has caused a company which has been a serial outperformer for 10 years to become anomalously cheap. It is true that one, when considering Endeavor, needs to determine how deep the financial rot was and whether the examination into the company's finances will uncover any wrongdoing in concession acquisition in Africa. This is a riskier name, but it's certainly very, very, very cheap. And for people who can afford to take more risk, there are lots of uh, opportunities in the single asset producers. Uh, or the intermediate producers, where in the event that the gold price even holds steady, either their share prices rise or they are taken over by larger companies with more liquidity and a lower cost of capital. Uh, a wonderful set of circumstances. What's really changed for me personally, Corey, and this may or may not resonate with your viewers, is really since 2010, I've been out of the hyper junior market. I've been out of the sub 10 million market cap market because I didn't think that market was demonstrably cheaper on a net asset value basis than the less risky companies. And I felt myself that the terms involved in private placements in the hyper cheap companies were too expensive. They didn't factor in the risk that the investor was taking. Just in the last four or five weeks, I've seen private placement offerings come around from companies that frankly had to raise money that I felt compensated me for the risk that I was taking and putting, uh, putting that money up. So I'm looking forward at the VRIC and later at my own conference to walking around the exhibit hall and really getting to know the hyper-risky, hyper-speculative side of the market. Again, that's where I cut my teeth. So I'm going to spend 2024, I think, looking at places that other people don't look at. I'm very much back in a risk-on circumstance. I'm back in a market looking for 10 baggers and 15 baggers, hopefully 10 baggers and 15 baggers with a full warrant, knowing 
that I will lose more times than I succeed, which is to say out of 10 starts, I'll probably lose money six or seven times, 20 or 30% of the money that I invest. But hopefully in one or two of those 10, I'll get a 10 bagger. If you get a 10 bagger for a full with a full warrant, it's important to know that you didn't get a 10 bagger. You got a 15 bagger or something like that. So I'm back in the game, Corey, in terms of looking at the hyper speculative part of the market and thinking more about my upside than about my downside. Well, Rick, how are you looking at the setup between, I guess, the haves, the companies that do have big work programs set up this year but have already raised capital versus the have-nots that have their hand out looking to raise money in a very tough market? If I'm right, unfortunately, the have-nots will survive. That sounds very harsh. My suspicion is that 2024 and 2025 will be pretty good markets, and they'll be led by those that are deserving. The share price performance of the deserving will probably, unfortunately, lead to hope among uninformed check writers who will keep the lame, the halt, and the blind, the 85 company, the 85 percent of those companies existing that don't exist, don't deserve to exist, will probably keep them alive. Uh, I, I say, unfortunately, not because I don't feel for the employees of those companies who I believe deservedly should lose their jobs, uh, but rather because I think if the industry was rational in terms of capital allocation and more money went to deserving people with deserving projects, that the investor in the industry itself would be better served. You may recall, Corey, in an earlier interview that we did, probably 10 years ago, I described the fact that an intern for us once took 25 then VSE companies, that'll tell you how long it was ago, now TSXV companies, at random, uh, and looked at the balance sheet and income statement, and found that for the 25 companies selected at random, more than 60% of the money raised was consumed by general and administrative expense, and only 40% went in the ground. If you start with the postulation that exploration is a risky business to begin with, and then you burden the exploration expenditure by a 60% G&A charge, you can see that the expectation of success in exploration for those com companies is functionally zero. And I hate to say, and this will obviously get me a lot of hate at the VRIC, but I hope that 2024 and 2025 are years that are discriminating enough that we see a thousand companies go to company heaven. I don't suspect that that will happen, but that would be a realization of my fondest dreams. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time for this segment on the radio, but everyone listening, come to our website or podcast, listen to this full interview on our weekend show post. To find out more about today's guests, visit us on the web at www.kereport.com. You're listening to the Corlin Economics Report. We'll be back in a moment. are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Advertising is simple. It starts with someone who has a need. Mom! And then gets more specific. Mom, I want pizza. Then we add urgency. I want pizza tonight. Before you know it, your GCN advertising message is reaching millions of listeners. Listeners who are definitely in need. We, we want pizza! You see, advertising on GCN is simple. Your message meets their need, and the result means new business for you. 
Tell us about your business. Then let our super creative department go to work to craft just the right message to feed those who have an urgent need. We want pizza tonight! GCN has the most affordable national radio advertising rates, period. And millions of people listen to GCN radio programs on over 1,000 AM and FM and XM stations and streaming audio live. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just shoot us an email, advertise at GCNlive.com. USA News. I'm Ryan Daniels. U.S. lawmakers are approving another stopgap spending package that officially keeps federal agencies funded through early March sending the measure to the White House for President Biden's signature late Thursday. The House approved the shutdown averting legislation just hours after the Senate's relatively speedy passage. Audio from the 911 call to send Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin to the hospital January 1st, a top aide asking for discretion. Can I ask, can the ambulance not show up with lights and sirens? Um, We're trying to Mm -hmm. remain a, a little subtle. In that recording obtained by CNN, the dispatcher explains that ambulances usually turn off lights and sirens sirens on residential streets. Austin was treated at Walter Reed Hospital earlier for prostate cancer. The White House, Congress, and the National Security Council were not informed until days later, which has drawn intense criticism from members of both parties. I'm Ryan Daniels, USA News. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. People often write to tell us what has happened for them since starting Extendivite. Allow me to read a few highlights. Extendivite works in keeping my blood pressure in the normal range. I have been using Extendivite for many years. Great product. I use regularly and I rarely get sick. This product has relieved what appeared to be angina pain in my chest and shortness of breath after climbing stairs. I'm quite happy about it. My husband, son, and I have been using this product for a few months now and we have noticed an improvement in our joints and blood pressure. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit Extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with Extendivite. Providing unique reporting on markets and companies since 1990. This is the Corlin Economics Report. 
All right, welcome back. Continuing to listen to the weekend edition of the KE Report. I hope everybody enjoyed those first couple segments with Rick Rule. Focus more on the precious metals. Now we're shifting our focus more to the energy sector, as I am chatting with Dan Steffens, president of the Energy Prospectus Group. As we usually do with Dan, we're going to start off with more macro comments on oil and natural gas and then get into a couple company questions that all of you have sent in, as well as some companies that Dan thinks are just broadly undervalued due to uh, where the market price is and their production data. Dan, let's start off with the oil price. Not much to talk about in terms of oil other than it's trading in a tighter range since really mid-November here. We've seen highs of close to $80 and lows of about $67. It's been honestly kind of a boring trade recently as oil is stuck in the low 70s. Dan, what are some of the catalysts on tap that could break oil out, either to the upside or the downside? You know, oil actually came in above my forecast for the fourth quarter. It actually averaged, WTI averaged about $77 a barrel for the quarter because, you know, in October, I think we got to 92 for a few days, and then it dropped and traded in the low range, got to the low 70s. But uh, I just want to remind everybody, these companies are very profitable if oil stays at 70. I mean, they... They made it through a long period of oil below 50. And so, and they, and the balance sheets are in really good shape. So the companies themselves are doing fine. Uh, the gas price has been a real disappointment at this, at this point, but maybe, uh, uh you know, we're going to get a big, very bullish storage report next week. So that'll be interesting. It, it's really, as we were discussing before we got online here, I'm amazed with this stuff going on in the Middle East and, you know, with the Red Sea and all the ships having to not go through the Suez Canal, that's a big deal. And uh, it just doesn't seem like it's not reacting right now. But uh, we're kind of also in this period where there's no news coming out from this, from the individual companies of trying to wrap up their year-end reports and stuff. So very little information is coming out of the companies at this point. But anyway, I'm, I'm hoping that oil is just in a basing formation. I looked at the IEA report, monthly report came out, and they say that uh, above-ground inventories declined again in November and are at the, the lowest point that they've been in in years. At this point, you would think that would be pushing oil prices up. But oil is seasonal. Oil demand is seasonal. And, you know, when you get these big winter storms, people hunker down and they don't drive around. So that cuts down on uh, transportation. But when you get to March and the weather starts improving, from March to June, global demand for oil goes up about 2 million barrels a day. So that should push it back to the 80 range, I hope, at least. <laughs> It has been interesting to see those issues in the Middle East just don't have an impact on oil right now. This whole geopolitical or war premium is not in the market for really any sector out there. So then circling back to the supply and demand data here, anything that stood out to you either in terms of North American supply or anything internationally that has swung maybe a little bit more to a balanced market since we have seen a much flatter price? Yeah, I think what you're going to see next week is uh, EIA is going to report a pretty significant drop in U.S. production for the week ending January uh, 19th. Uh, I heard just this morning that North Dakota production is down about 600,000 barrels a day because of well freeze-offs up there in the Bakken shale play. And that's going to be affecting, you know, the other rocky stuff in Powder River Basin. And I think this coming week, I expect to hear about a lot of well freeze-offs 
on the gas wells that are up there in uh, in Ohio and Pennsylvania and the Marcellus and Utica. And that happens here because there's all, with all wells, there's a certain amount of water that's in what's coming out of the ground, and uh, they'll have the you know gathering lines or something freeze, and then they got to shut in the wells, so that can be a big deal. And then it usually takes quite a bit of time to get those wells back online. You have to have a you know extended period above freezing before you can get them back online. So we'll see. But then I think I think people will be surprised by the how strong fourth quarter results are. I have most of the companies that I follow now, I expect them to beat my earnings per share forecast for the fourth quarter. All right. Well, not much more to say in terms of the oil price. Again, it's stuck in a range. Let's see if it breaks higher or lower. But one thing we all see within the stocks is that a flat commodities price doesn't really excite investors to drive down into the stocks. Unfortunately, let's move over to natural gas because a lot more to talk about here. The last time we chatted was mid-December, pretty much at the low for the natural gas price at about 220 to 230. And then natural gas went up and up and up the whole way through early January, the whole way up to almost 340. But now, boy, oh boy, it had a big drop this week. And now we're trading back in more around the 250 to 260 range. And what's this volatility in natural gas? Well, uh, natural gas prices in the futures market. The price you see is the front month futures contract. So now they're trading the, you know, gas for February delivery or something. And, uh, and when the utilities believe they have enough gas and storage to make it through the winter, then they pull out of the futures market. So there's, there's nobody willing to take those long contracts and actually take physical delivery. And then the paper traders that, you know, that are just hedge funds or something trading the futures contracts, they get stuck in the long positions. Then they just have to bail out because they can't take physical delivery. I mean, if they do, uh, they're going to get invoiced for storage fees and stuff. Anyway, it's a very interesting market, and I will uh, tell everybody, it, the biggest price spikes in, in natural gas futures market, the futures market, happen not during the winter. They happen during the summer, believe it or not. If you go run like a 25-year chart and just look at the big peaks, and we've seen in, in the last 20 years, we've had $13 gas. Uh, just, uh, you know, last year, what we have $9 gas or something that spiked to? And what that was, that was utility companies getting into a bidding war with the LNG exporters for physical supply. So they were coming into the futures market. So then you had an, an excess of buyers for those futures contracts and not enough sellers. So they were trading, they were bidding against each other. Now I, in the spot market down here in Texas, cause we had, for Texas, some extremely cold weather. And we do rely on wind energy. And a lot of times when it's really cold down here, which today it's crystal clear skies, it's going to get below freezing again down in Houston. And so in West Texas, and all those, and we depend on wind. Uh, we have about 13 or 14% of our electricity comes wind. Well, what happens sometimes is when we're in these high pressure deals is there's no wind. And the windmill stopped turning, and then then they really got a, a fire up the gas-fired power plants. And so, in the spot market down here, I think it's been uh, really active in the last couple of weeks. What about some of these LNG facility builds? You were sharing with me off mic that some of these are being delayed. So, how does that also potentially impact price and also future price? 
Yeah, there was two of them that were expected to come online here uh, this summer, and they've been pushed back a few months, and they'll eventually get online. That's going to add about three or four BCF a day of demand. I've heard that the one problem is, you know, there's a bunch of these things in the process right now, and the construction companies that are building them are having trouble finding quality workers. You don't want to hire a welder right out of welding school <laughs> to be welding pipes that's going to be taking super high pressures and stuff. So and then they got to all be inspected and everything before they can ramp up. But, uh, you know, that's going to impact, you know, maybe if it's not this year, it'll be next year at a lot of demand. Anyway, we, we're, we're blessed to have an abundance of gas is what to keeps our utility bills low but it's uh, you know tough on the gassers but they can make money there they are cash flow positive even if gas stays at 250 they've they've suffered through 250 gas for many many years before if we do ever firmly get above three dollars these things are going to be making a lot of money well, this is a good time for us to break here, Dan, for the radio stations to play some commercials. But in the next segment, to wrap up the first hour, I'm having you back, and we are going to be focusing a bit more on individual companies, a couple companies that you like in the oil space, and also addressing some of our listeners' questions when it comes to dividends and the sustainability of those for oil companies due to the fact that, well, share prices have come down, dividend yields have gone way up. We'll see what you think about that. Everyone, stick around. I'll be right back. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. It's obvious the unthinkable continues. Most Americans know something very wrong is happening. People in charge keep telling you that everything's fine and to stop noticing. But you know better. That's why self-reliant folks are investing in emergency food storage. You should, too. My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, are the ones you can trust. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $200 on each three-month food kit you purchase. My Patriot Supply also sells solar generators, gravity-powered water filters, off-grid room heaters for when the power goes out, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your items ship that same day and arrive quickly on your doorstep in unmarked boxes. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. Time is running out to prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Call 800-284-0523. Learn how through the Family Medical Leave Act, you can leave your job without losing your job. Locations everywhere. Get immediate help for drug and alcohol problems. Call now. 800-284-0523. 800-284-0523. 
Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veterans nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. And there's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discovery on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. It's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. Welcome back. Final segment of the first hour of the weekend edition of the KE Report. Continuing to chat with Dan Steffens, president of the Energy Perspectives Group. Now, Dan, on to the stocks. I did have a few emails over the last few weeks asking about dividends and how sustainable these dividends are. I had a listener point to Birchcliff that was paying a 14% dividend, but then announced earlier this week on the 17th that they're cutting their dividend by 50%. Do you think we're going to see more of this from the sector here, Dan? Well, I, we have a high-yield income uh, portfolio, and I look really hard. These are companies that I've filed for a long time, and I only move them in there when I think there are sustainable dividends. Uh, the ones that do kind of go up and down with the commodity price directly are the, are the uh, minerals companies. And uh, these are ones that all they do, they, they own the minerals and they don't have any drilling costs and they don't, you know, they just get royalty checks from the operating companies that uh, are on the working interest. So they're, they're pretty sustainable and there would, they would have to have an, ex, you know, a very long period of time before it would affect their uh, deal. And especially the ones that have a lot of oil production. So look at the production mix. Now, and also I tell, I will tell you, when the gassers is, I just looked this morning, NGL prices are going up. With this, you know, cold winter through the middle of the country, a lot of the people that live in the middle third of the United States in the rural areas, they heat their homes and cook with propane. And we've had a surplus of propane, but man, the demand was going sky high. And I look at the price chart this morning and it's up to 80 cents a gallon. So that's, 
they're going to be reporting some nice uh, LNG, uh, NGL prices. The one I like there is Antero Resources. It does not pay a dividend, but but their midstream company, which is publicly traded, is Antero Midstream. It has a, a really secure fixed dividend, and uh, their future is tied to Antero's uh, aggressive drilling program. So that one looks really good. I like for for just safety of dividends. The safest companies would be the midstream companies. I like One Oak, Antero Midstream there. I like Plains, Plains All-American. Uh, it's an MLP that trades as PAA, but I like the general partner as a C-Corp, uh, so you don't have to wait on a K-1, and it trades as PAGP. So that's a real solid dividend payer uh, there. So. so is it simply just looking at the income statement to gauge if these dividends are sustainable at current energy prices? Yeah, and then also look at the balance sheet and look at their debt, how it's structured. And the companies that I got in there, they have very little debt problems. I mean, they're super cash flow positive, so they've paid off a lot of their near-term debt, and they don't have any come and do anytime soon. So that that would be the big thing if if a company's got, like, in the next six months, they got a, some senior debt that has to be paid off. So those are the ones you kind of want to avoid because then if you get this period of low commodity prices, it makes it impossible for them to roll that debt over. Thanks for the insights there, Dan. Please, everyone, keep on sending me your questions for Dan. Let's get into two companies that you have sent me. Both companies are in your Sweet 16 growth portfolio, and you consider both of these companies value plays. So that means that they're both trading at uh, deep discounts to your current valuations. Let's start off with SM Energy, traded SM. It's a mid-cap focused in the Midland Basin as well as South Texas. Eagle Ford area. Now, the current market cap, a little over $4 billion. Then your uh, valuation here is much higher, almost a double from where current prices are. Take us through what you like about SM. Well, SM, the SM stands for St. Mary's. Uh, when they started, it was in St. Mary's Parish, Louisiana. And today, I don't think they have a single drop of oil production in St. Mary's Park. So, so they're based in Denver, and they uh, changed their name to SM Energy. They are have two core areas. Uh, the the big growth area is in the Permian Basin on the Midland Basin side. That's the eastern third of the Permian Basin. It's called the Midland Basin. Uh, they're running four rigs over there. And then in South Texas, way out west, they're drilling in an area that's kind of gas prone, but it, it produces a lot of uh, high value NGL. So I, that's what I like about it. So they have two rigs running there. So they're running six rigs total and a couple completion crews. So they're going to have steady uh, new wells coming online all year. They're big enough uh, to where they can fund this, uh, you know, continuous drilling program. And that's important. I like the production mix. It's got 40, it's, first of all, it produces uh, current about 152,000 BOE per day of production. That's barrel of oil equivalent. It's 42% crude oil, 18% high-value NGLs, and about 40% natural gas. But when you look at their revenues, revenues are, are generated by 83% of their revenues come from liquid sales. So so look at the natural gas side. If natural gas uh, does ever really you know bounce up, get well above three or something, that would be a big plus for this company, and I actually like that 
you know, hanging out their uh, bonus thing. Uh, they're gener- they generated uh, about $500 million of free cash flow in 2023. They hit, they pay a small dividend. It's only got about a 2% dividend yield. But now that they've met their their debt reduction goals, I think they will be increasing their dividend. In fact, their last dividend was an increase over the prior quarter, so they paid out 18 cents in the quarter. The stock, uh, again, is trading uh, about $35, $36, and my valuation is $58. So it trades. The symbol is SM. Check it out. And uh, they have a very good uh, PowerPoint that uh, describes the business and so I'd recommend if investors go through that first, and, and that'll give you a really good idea. But they got a lot of running room. That's another thing I like about this company. Their leverage on the balance sheet is really low now, and they have a lot of running room, a lot of high-quality drilling locations, which also makes it a uh, uh, takeover target for a larger company. So, Dan, regarding growth here of SM Energy, it's about a 4.5% year-over-year production growth, which maybe doesn't excite some investors. And as you said, current dividends only around 2% annual yield. So this doesn't really seem so much like a growth story, more of just a story that's being very much unloved by the market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were a, a much more aggressive growth company a few years ago, and they got the message from the market. They said, we want to see dividends. We want to see uh, you guys pay down some debt and everything, and uh, their management team took that advice, and uh, they've really improved the balance sheet. I mean, if you go back like three years ago, like the end of 2019, before the pandemic, it was a pretty leveraged-up balance sheet. Well, there it's in really good shape now. As they've, they've paid off a couple billion dollars worth of debt in the last few years. Okay, so now it's more about returning capital shareholders. Yeah, return to capital. Yeah. Hey, I've heard from a lot of companies, energy companies, that that is what investors are looking for. Let's move on to the other company that you wanted to share here, Vital Energy, traded VTLE. This is a smaller company, especially compared to SM Energy. It's about $1.5 billion market cap. You have a much higher valuation here, over double the current $42 share price. Why do you think this one's being so unloved? Okay, one reason I wanted to mention this today, it, it, it's it's not quite as big as SM. Uh, it's got, uh, on a production, it just reported fourth quarter production of 113,400 uh, BOE per day. But it's got a more oily mix, which makes those BOE, BOEs more valuable. So it's 70 or 47% crude oil, 25% NGLs, and only 28% natural gas. So I think when you compare this directly to see where SM's trading at, you know, a market cap of 4 billion, and this one's only trading at a market cap of 1.4 billion, I think. It, it just, it, it look, if you compare it directly with SM, it's a double. It should be a double just to get to where SM is trading. They completed last year two very transform- transformational acquisitions. One of the the negatives about this company, it didn't have a lot of real high-quality running room. A lot of their Permian Basin assets are in the Midland Basin, an area that a lot of people consider kind of Tier 2 acreage. But they made some big acquisitions last year, which have increased their production from the from the first quarter of 2023 to the fourth quarter, their production's up 41%, primarily because of those two deals. But it also gives them a lot of high-quality running room. And there, if this is a pure Permian Basin Company, and the acquisitions gave them a really nice foothold in the Delaware Basin, which is the western part of the Permian where some of the best wells in the world, literally the best wells in the world, are being drilled in the Delaware Basin. That are They're coming on at four or 5,000 barrels per day. And they released an operations update on January 9th 
that just crushed my fourth quarter forecast. They beat way above the, the high end of their guidance for the quarter, beat my forecast by 8,000 BOE per day, a pretty nice beat. They are free cash flow positive. They're generating about $50 million a quarter of free cash flow, and I think that they'll be able to maintain that even if oil stays at around 70. The balance sheet is not quite as strong as SM's because they've made these two big acquisitions with like half debt and half stock. If you're familiar with Earthstone Energy that I've mentioned on your show several times that's been acquired by Permian Resources, Vital is doing everything they can to become a, an attractive uh, takeover target. I mean, I can... They're going down this path just to, just exactly where Earthstone went. And there's probably going to be a lot of people looking at this company if they're looking for a takeover target. And this would be, you know, this would be a couple billion dollar deal to buy it if, if it, if it happened. Okay. That wraps up the first hour. Everyone, second hour replays of our more popular editorials throughout the week. For our upcoming appearance schedule, visit kereport.com. The Corlin Economics Report will be back in just a moment. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Are you a business owner? Are you confused by the complexity of the tax laws? We can help. I'm Dan Pilla, and I've been helping business owners solve tax problems for over 40 years. My book, The Small Business Tax Guide, shows proven ways to avoid all the common business tax problems. Don't risk your business. Go to danpilla.com to order your copy. That's danpilla.com. Order now and get a free 15-minute call directly with me, a $99 value. Go to danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. walloffire.com. 